Welcome back to Church History. The day was May 12, 1820. It was six years after the British burned down the White House, two months after the Missouri Compromise, four years before John Quincy Adams became president, nine years before the founding of Scotland Yard in London's first formal police force, and 41 years before the American Civil War. On this day, May 12, 1820, a little girl was born. Her parents named her Florence. And this is her story. Welcome back to Church History, and thank you for your patience as I have taken some time off while dealing with the passing of my mother. And thank you to all of those who reached out to me with your prayers. I also, during this time, put my second book on hold, but I'm starting to work on it again, and we're in the first stage of editing, and I will keep you updated as we progress. In the meantime, if you've not read my first book, The Church is Born, you will find that book in the show notes. Today we're looking into the life of Florence Nightingale. This will take two episodes to cover, and in this episode, we're looking at the first 30 years of her life. Before we can understand the story of any person in history, we have to look at the context of the world they were born into. A while ago, I told you the story of William Wilberforce. It was a three-part episode, and listening to those episodes would help you understand this episode. On February 23, 1807, the passing of the bill abolishing the slave trade finally ended the slave trade in the British Empire. But it was not until July 26, 1833, that the House passed the bill abolishing slavery itself in the British Empire. That was three years after the birth of Florence Nightingale. And just a few days later, William Wilberforce died at the age of 73. Slavery was not the only thing William was fighting to end. He also was fighting to bring manners back into society. When Florence was born, it was the time of the Victorian age and Florence's family found fitting into society and making sure their family was acceptable was extremely important. Italy also had a lot of political unrest at the time. January the 1st in 1800, Italy was forced under the authoritarian France government when Napoleon annexed Tuscany and the Papal States to France. In 1805, the Kingdom of Italy was born. It was a French state founded in northern Italy by Napoleon I. The Kingdom of Italy stretched from Milan to Venice. Napoleon put members of his family over the area, and everyone was forced to be loyal to Napoleon. In 1810, the Jews who lived in Rome were finally given freedom to build synagogues and openly follow the Jewish tradition, and Jews were allowed to attend schools. In 1815, in the Congress of Vienna, Europe was restored to what it was before Napoleon conquered it. And three years later, in 1818, Karl Marx was born. We're going to be talking about him in the future. So, it was into this world that Florence Nightingale was born on May 20th, 1820, in Florence, Italy. Florence was named after the city of Florence, where she was born. And her older sister, Parthenope, was also named after the Italian city where she was born. When Florence was just a year old, her family left Italy and returned to England. The family was wealthy and they owned two homes. 
Florence had everything she could ever want or need as a child. During the winter, the family lived in Hampshire at the Embley Estate, and in the summer they lived in Germanshire at the Lee Hurst Estate. While Florence had all the physical things she could ever want, her family life was not perfect. However, it was very important to the family that they appear perfect. Her mother was very beautiful and smart. However, it seemed that her father did not love or even respect her. Florence's older sister loved her, but was very possessive of her, and Florence found it stifling. Florence's father took to the role of educating his daughters. He taught them Latin, Greek, German, Italian, French, English, philosophy, and history. He allowed the governess only to teach music and drawing. Growing up, Bartholomew loved music and art. She wanted to do all the things a young Victorian woman was expected to be. However, Florence had no interest in music or art, or anything that was expected of a young woman. She wanted to study mathematics and language. Her father agreed to allow her to learn these things, except he would tell her this knowledge was to help her have good table conversations and make her eligible for a good husband. There was never any thought that Florence would continue studies once she was old enough for marriage. As a small child, Florence played with dolls, as most girls her age did. However, Florence would pretend her dolls were sick, and she would care for them. One summer, at the family's estate, a sickness broke out among the people living at the estate. Florence sat at the bedside of the sick and cared for them day and night, and nursed them back to health. The Nightingale family considered themselves Christian. The children were educated in biblical teachings. However, being accepted by society was far more important to the family than pleasing God. One day, Florence was sitting under a tree, and she felt as if God spoke directly to her. Imagine with me, it's February the 7th, 1837. You're looking at a large tree on the grounds of a grand estate. It's a beautiful sunny afternoon. Birds are singing. Under the tree is a simple bench. A young girl is sitting on the bench. She is looking up through the tree branches into the sun. Florence is a young girl sitting under the tree. She is 16 years old. Her childhood is nearing an end and the expectations of society are beginning to smother her. But in that moment, she hears a voice from God. Her life is not her own. Her future is not her own. If she gives control of her life and future to God, he will use her. God has created her for a reason, and he has a plan for her. Sitting there under the tree, Florence spoke out loud. Yes, Lord, let me think of your will, only of thy will. Her life was no longer her own. Her life belonged to God. Her life would never be the same. She didn't know what it was that God wanted her to do. She only knew that God wanted her to be willing to do whatever it was that he called her to do. During this time, nurse work was one of the lowest jobs a woman could do. No proper woman would be around sick people or do dirty work that included cleaning up vomit or excrement or blood. The only women who would do this were women who were drunk or women who sold themselves to men. 
the only people working as nurses were these types of women, or nuns. When Florence felt that God might be calling her to be a nurse, her family was horrified. They saw their young, beautiful daughter as the perfect child to show to society. Suddenly, it was all shattered. A nurse? There could be nothing worse. What would she do, become a nun? Or would she become a drunken woman? Or a woman who sells herself to men? Their beautiful daughter wanted to clean up vomit? Touch blood? Clean bodies of men unable to clean themselves? This was unacceptable, and her parents would do whatever they could to stop this from happening. Her father stopped the education of both of his daughters and began to look for suitable husbands. When Partenope was 18 and Florence 16, they were presented to the court in a party to introduce the girls to society. The girls' education was swapped for parties and travel around the continent to find them a suitable husband. Florence was a tall, graceful, stunningly beautiful woman who could hold intelligent conversations with the most educated young men. Although she was the younger of the two sisters, she was the one the men lined up to marry. She was proposed to twice in the early stage of the courting rituals, but Florence refused them both. She knew God had something for her to do, and the more she traveled, the more she felt God was telling her to be a nurse. Are you enjoying this podcast? Do you want to support this podcast? Well, pour yourself a cup of coffee and imagine waking up each morning with a reminder from our church fathers. Check out our Etsy page where you can find mugs with quotes from great men and women of God. You'll find a link in the show notes. And now, back to our episode. During this time of mingling with high society and traveling, Florence was introduced to people such as George Eliot, Elizabeth Gaskell, Garriott Martineau, the first woman sociologist, and Elizabeth Blackwell, the first woman to graduate as a doctor. These women became her mentors, and Harriet became a close friend she would have for the rest of her life. It was during her travels that she saw a hospital in Germany that changed her life. This hospital was different. The nurses were not drunk women or prostitutes. They were trained medical professionals. They were clean, respectable, and educated, and the hospital was like nothing she'd ever seen before. The Nightingale family was very angry that Florence had not picked a husband, and that she'd only become more adamant that God was telling her to become a nurse. Florence fell into a state of depression. She had promised God to follow His will, and now she felt she was being forced to abandon God's will to follow the will of her parents. One day Florence told her parents that she had thought about taking her own life. She could not live if she was not able to follow the path God had laid out for her. Her parents finally agreed to sit down and listen to what it was Florence was feeling God calling her to do. Florence told them about the hospital in Germany and the proper education they were offering to society girls who wanted to serve the sick. They agreed to allow her to return to Germany and study there. Her father didn't believe she was really depressed. He said what she was doing was theatrical. Today, he would have called her a drama queen. Her older sister, Parthenope, was hysterical, trying to convince Florence to stay. She thought Florence was ruining her family's societal standings. When Florence finished her studying and returned, her parents thought that she would have given up on the idea. But instead, she began talking about becoming a nun 
as a way to work in the hospitals in London. She was denied because she was not Catholic and didn't agree with the Catholic theology. Florence met with a cardinal and begged him to let her become a nun. She agreed to convert to Catholicism. However, during the conversation, Florence could not allow herself to say she agreed with the theology of the Catholic Church, so she could not be a nun. However, the cardinal saw that she truly felt called by God to care for the sick, so he called a Paris hospital that was almost completely staffed by nuns. There was no drinking allowed for any of the nurses. If she agreed to dress like a nun, she could live with the nuns and work in the hospital without actually being a nun. Florence was thrilled, and against her parents' wishes, she moved to Paris to work in the hospital. However, within just a few weeks of arriving, while she was caring for a measles patient, she became ill. She was forced to leave and return home. With the winter social season starting again, Florence's family forced her to return and be presented as a possible wife. They were sure that if she could only marry and have a child, she would find taking care of her child as a way to fulfill her needs of caring for people. One of her parents' friends died while delivering her child, and Florence asked her parents to let her skip the social season and stay and take care of this baby. But her parents refused. Taking care of a child was a job of a servant, not the high society daughter they had raised. Her sister, who didn't have the long line of suitors lining up for her, became extremely angry with her and told her she was ungrateful. That season, while in London, Florence did become interested in a young man. They courted, and her family thought that perhaps this would be the time she would finally be a proper young lady. The young man proposed, and everyone expected Florence to say yes. But she knew that God had told her she was to be in his service, and she did not think God was giving her the okay to marry the man. So even though she did like this young man, she turned him down. The family was at their wits' end with Florence. The family had visitors in their home at the time, a couple named Dr. Howe and his wife, Julia Ward Howe. Julia Ward Howe is famous for being the author of the song, The Battle Hymn of the Republic. Florence admired this couple, and if she was to marry, she wanted a marriage like theirs. Florence sat down with Dr. Howe to get advice from him. Do you think it's unsuitable and unbecoming for a young Englishwoman to devote herself to works of charity in hospitals and elsewhere as Catholic sisters do? Do you think it would be a dreadful thing? Dr. Howe said a young Englishwoman giving her life to care for sick people would be abnormal and Whatever is unusual in England is thought unsuitable. But the doctor continued, and he told her his advice to her was this. Act on your inspiration. Florence decided if she was old enough to choose marriage, then she was old enough to take her own future into her hands. And since she had given her future to God at the age of 16, she decided it was time to obey that promise and start training. She moved to an infirmary, that was run by a family friend to start learning how to care for sick people. Florence had a friend named Sidney Herbert who worked in Parliament. Sidney sent government reports to Florence that dealt with national health conditions. Every morning, 
Florence woke up before the sun was up and read these reports and began to keep statistical records. She filled books and books with these stats. For 16 years, Florence studied and tried to follow the calling God had given her. Slowly, her parents stopped pushing marriage. At the age of 30, she wrote that Jesus had started his ministry at 30, and she would also start her ministry at 30. No more studying. She was ready to work. Her work to care for the sick was a mission, and it was a work that she was doing because it was the job Jesus, the healer, had called her to do. She wrote, Christ is the author of this profession. Florence was living in England at the time, and there was a job opening at the institution for care of sick gentlemen in distressed circumstances. They were looking for a superintendent. While she would not be caring for people, she would still be in the health field. While working as a superintendent, cholera broke out in the institution. The doctors and the nurses abandoned the young men living in the institution because they didn't want to contract cholera. Florence stayed at the institution and cared for the men living there. After that, Florence started working at the military hospital. The Crimean conflict had started. The hospitals were a mess. More soldiers were dying from infection than the battle. Florence was horrified at what she saw. The lower-level soldiers were given no pain medication as their legs were amputated. They were tied to the bed and operated on. She wrote, In the midst of this appalling horror, there is good. And I can truly say, like St. Peter, it is good for us to be here. Though I doubt whether, if St. Peter had been here, he would have said so. She was horrified, and yet at the same time she knew that where she was was where God wanted her to be. The Crimean War lasted from 1853 to 1856, and during those three years, 650,000 men died. On one side of the war was Britain, France, Turkey. On the other side was Russia. Tsar Nicholas I was trying to spread the Russian Empire into the Middle East and capturing the Ottoman Empire. The war is famous for two things. Lord Tennyson wrote a poem called The Charge of the Light Brigade, a poem about the British unit that was killed when they were told to attack an enemy position. They knew they would die, but followed the orders anyway. The second famous historical story from this war was Florence Nightingale. In our next episode, we're going to continue the story of Florence Nightingale, and we're going to talk about the religious tensions that led to the Crimean War. You don't want to miss that episode. Make sure you like and subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is released. Also, you'll find a link to my book, The Church is Born, in the show notes. For more podcasts, information about my book, and videos, visit my website, lauraleesiemens.com, and I'll see you next week.